episode 214 of the Pilot the Pilot podcast takes off now. Anybody here see my jackets? What's up, Baby Nation? My name is Mike Wagner, also known as Pilot Wagner on Instagram. I'm currently a corporate pilot flying a Falcon 2000 Classic. When I'm not sitting around, I'm spraying chemtrails at night over Teterboro. This is my story. Fly with Garmin Avionics, then grab your mobile device and make the Garmin Pilot app your cockpit companion. Get advanced functions you'll use before, during, and after every flight including updating your aircraft's databases and logging engine data, plan, file, fly, log, with Garmin Pilot. Pilot to Pilot is brought to you by The Finer Points. These guys are constantly adding content to the Ground School app. Check it out at learnthefinerpoints.com. AV Nation, what is going on? And welcome back to the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Today's episode is a rerun. Life has been crazy with baby Emmett. He is now three months old. We just found out yesterday that my wife matched at a hospital in the Carolinas and we'll be moving back to the Carolinas. So life is full crazy right now. Uh, My wife is getting ready to be a doctor. Super proud of her. It's been incredible just to see her go after this goal. She started out as a teacher and she worked her way up. Uh, We'll have another podcast on all of this and supporting spouses. But uh, uh, this episode is going to be exciting. I'm excited to to re-air this. Sometimes I feel like older episodes get lost and it's time for them to be brought back up. So without any further ado, I uh, I guess first I'll say, please like and review. Check out Pilot's Coffee. Uh, It's the best coffee. We'll get more steep packets here soon, hopefully in the next month or so. So if you're looking for those, they will be back. Uh, They'll look a little bit different, but they'll be back. But Aviation, Nation, I hope you're having a great day. And without any further ado, here's Pilot the Pilot Rerun. Hey, Mike, thanks for coming on the Pilot to Pilot podcast. Hey, Justin. Well, uh, thanks. Uh, good to be here. Thanks for asking me. Yeah, no problem. Glad we get this to work out. I know um, <laughs> just schedules in aviation are sometimes impossible to match up. And right now it seems to be working out just just barely, but it's going to work out. <laughs> just barely, man. I hope yeah. you get your power back soon, you know? <laughs> I know, right? Yeah, losing your power in a hotel pushes the, pushes the schedule back and kind of limits me a little bit, but it's going to work out. Yeah, right. So cool. Let's go ahead and get started. And uh, why okay. why get into aviation? Like, why did you want to be a pilot? You know, that's a really funny story. And I really can't give you like a for sure answer of that. I just one day, uh, I was in college. I'm, I've actually got a degree in Japanese. Oh, wow. Kind of yeah. And I was going to be a translator and uh, all sorts of stuff. And I needed like two credit hours in college. I was running the weather station at Ball State University in Indiana. And uh, I knew all, like, all the weather abbreviations and everything. And needed these credit hours. And I was like, oh, there's a private pilot written class. I think I'll go and uh, take that just because, you know, whatever, you know, looks, I know all the weather stuff anyway. So I went in and did that and ended up being friends with the instructor or the teacher. And then one day they're like, hey, we're going out to the airport in uh, Muncie here. And, uh, you know, it's like 25 bucks for an intro ride. I'm like, yeah, sure. Why not? That'll be fun. And then uh, did that. And well, I really haven't stopped flying since then. So (laughs) That's, That's awesome. Kind of yeah. That one. yeah, it's amazing what your first flight can do. And I've talked to a lot of people, and they've said that the the first time they've just gotten off the ground, they look out and they see what they can. They look left, they look right, and they look down, and they're like, "This can be my life!" Like, heck yeah, sign me up. Yeah, yeah. The funniest thing during my intro ride, I was flying with a guy who uh, uh, is a really really good instructor, and where uh, he's like, "Hey, let's do some steep turns." I had no idea what anything was, you know, and uh, so I was like, "Okay, sure." And I turn over, and my door comes open, and it's one fifty two. And I'm like, holy crap, I'm looking down. There's no door. He just reached over, calmly shuts it. And I'm like, 
oh, that's pretty cool. You know, I, most people probably would have freaked out, but I was like, no, I get it now. You know, that's, that's cool. I got to do this. So. Yeah. You're like, that's, that's okay that happened. Like, I'm not going to fall out. That's good. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That's funny. You bring up a door opening up. I was taking my multi-engine check ride and I was doing an emergency descent and a Seneca yeah. and the door's <laughs> on the right side. So it's where the examiner right. was sitting. And when I was doing it, I put down the gear. I was cranking and I was coming down and all of a sudden the door cracks open and the plane just starts buffeting really bad. Like kind of like what it feels like right before it stalls, but it's just because the aerodynamics are all messed up. Like there's nothing wrong with Mm -hmm. the airplane. It's just the wind was just not as smooth as what it normally was. So it just started, this whole plane just started shaking and (laughs) he looked at me and we looked at each other like, what's happening? And then we realized it like two seconds later and we, I've just straightened, I canceled the maneuver and straightened out, straightened level and he just shut the door and then we're good to go. But then it actually yeah. popped on us again later when we we're coming in the <laughs> land. But I think he liked yeah. how I handled the situation and I stayed calm and we were good because that yeah. was a little scary. Yeah. Yeah. That's, that's cool. You know, the old, I had a really good pilot one time I was flying with it. Like in the emergency is like, don't just uh, do something, sit there. That was the best thing he ever told me. You know, if something happens, just wait. Look yeah. around, don't freak out, you know? <laughs> For sure, yeah. When I, I had an, an engine failure, like I talked about in other ones, and it took us, I mean, there was about two to three seconds of just straight shock where we didn't know what was going on. And yeah. I think that that reaction helped us out more than freaking out because we were just like mm-hmm. looking at each other like, what is happening? This is not happening. And then it set in and then we're like, all right, let's get the, let's get the business. Let's do this. And let's, we went straight yep. back to our training and everything was good. Yeah, yeah, it all kind of kicks in. I mean, train hard, you know, it it really does have to come back to you right when you need it. It's pretty cool. Yeah, it's really cool. So you took your first flight when you're in college and um, you said that just right away you knew it was for you. What transpired next? Like, did you go straight into yeah. training like the next day or did you wait a little bit? Um, yeah, no, I, I signed up right there. I was like, hey, first lesson, you know, a couple of days from now I'm looking at, I mean, I was a broke college kid, you know, I made nothing. So I, and uh, I was like, well, Let's see. Okay. I have a job. I was a Domino's driver all through college. So nice. I had free food basically. Uh, of course it was pizza, but you know, <laughs> there's nothing right. wrong with free pizza, man. No, there, there's not a thing wrong with that. But, uh, so I had enough money I could, you know, pay for a lesson here and there. So I'd like take a lesson every two weeks, you know, and it was, I mean, I was like obsessed with it. I would go into figure out how much I had to work, you know, and how much I had to make in tips and how, you know, you know I would actually literally go and set my schedule with, you know, going to class full time and working at Domino's full time and, going, okay, here's how, here's how I'm going to do it. And I, it actually worked out. I was sitting there, I'd keep, I didn't have a spreadsheet program at the time. I was just keeping it on paper. I think I still probably have them somewhere. All the, uh, you know, I flew this day and this is how much it cost. And here's this day and here's how much it cost. And I'm going to, you know, now, oh crap, I got to work like whatever. And you do this and <laughs> I'm kind of like OCD like that, but it was, uh, <laughs> It, it, it was, it worked out for me. So it uh, was kind of cool. For sure. I mean, I, I kind of like the idea of keeping track of things because if you don't mm-hmm. keep track of things, it, your money can start leaving very fast. Like you yeah, can forget how much it costs or you can forget what you right. did on that lesson and you have to repeat lessons and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So keeping track is a great idea. And it's a little bit easier now that we have the internet. And we, I don't yeah, say yeah, there wasn't sure. the internet or anything, but now that we <laughs> well, have ex- yeah. Excel and numbers and stuff like that, I mean, everything makes it a little easier. Yeah, back then, I mean, I was just, a, you know, it was like, uh, the internet was brand new back when I was training. So, yeah, <laughs> dating myself a little bit, but it's, uh, <laughs> no, no worries. Seems like you, uh, you still had a good mindset about it. Yeah. Yeah. It's definitely something. I mean, I'd probably do it again in a heartbeat, even though it went through a lot of crap for the first, you know, few years, just like everybody does when they learn to fly. But yep. it was, uh, 
uh, what was the uh, guy? I saw something about it. It was uh, hot burning desire. You know, just gotta want to do it. You'll do whatever you can to do it. It's something. very true, and that <laughs> is very true for any aviation student or anyone that loves aviation yep. because it's something you can't shake, and nothing will live up to it. Like you might be happy with your life, but if you mm-hmm. don't, if you don't really follow aviation when it's called you, it's gonna you're gonna regret it. I feel like. Oh yeah, I, I, if I didn't do it, I would. I would so hate myself right now. You have no idea. So yeah, how was your private training? Was it was it easy? Did you pick up on things really easily? Did you think it was tough? Yeah. I know you said you had kind of like the weather knowledge and stuff, so maybe that kind of helped you yeah. out a little bit. Um, you know, when I was I was a kid, I have my mom was a school teacher. She was a third grade teacher. So when I was a kid, she taught me how to learn things. Learning how to learn is probably the best thing you can possibly do. But someone would tell me something, and if I'm really into it, I will go and figure it out. I don't care if it takes me a day, ten days, whatever. I'll just sit there and do it until I figure it all out. And uh, you know, that was kind of like flying. It's like, oh, if I can't do this maneuver, I'm going to sit here and think about it until I can figure out how to do it. And the next lesson I go up, you know, I'm like limited with money, so I better figure out how to do this. And I'm going to, you know, give it everything I got. And kind of worked out good for me. I mean, I'm I'm so far out of like all the training stuff now because I haven't done it in so long. I mean, the regulations have changed and everything. Yeah. But back when I was getting my private, yeah, you could have your private pilot's license in 40 hours. And I did mine in like 40.2 hours. Something oh, wow. Like and I was like, I will not go over 40 hours. And I did, which I was kind of bummed about, but it was only about like two tenths or something. So well, that's incredible because you yeah. can still get your private at 40 hours now, but okay. Okay. the national average is 60. It might yeah, even be more yeah. than 60 now, but when I did, I think it was 60, 65. Right. And, you and know, what, what, yeah, what's way, the instrument now? Is it, uh, uh I honestly like don't. 125 or something? I think so. I honestly don't something remember, like to be honest. I think it was 125 back. I mean, seriously, this is like way long ago, but I, I did it like right at, right at the exact time. So yeah. That's well, that's funny. impressive. And one thing, if someone, one thing I will say the caveat of that or another way to look at it is if you're all you, you're building your time, like you're going to build time one way or another. So if it takes you an extra lesson to do anything and it's going to cost a little bit of money, don't sweat it too much because at the end of the day, it's another hour you can log in your book and it's one step closer. You get into your dream, but do oh, exactly. try to get everything as fast as possible. But yep. you, if you take yeah. a couple extra lessons, it's not a big deal. Just you pass yeah, exactly. those check rides. Yeah. Don't, don't cut the corners, man. Make sure you can do everything right. That's for sure. But for sure. That's awesome. So where did you train out of? You said you're up in uh, at ball state and in Muncie area. Muncie, Indiana. Yep. So, uh, yeah, I went to college, college at Ball State. I was actually started out being a music major and uh, decided I could be a rock star without being a music major. That never <laughs> happened. Then uh, I uh, switched over to geography, which is where I got into the weather and all that stuff. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, that was okay, but I decided, yeah, it's really not for me either. It's just kind of something that's interesting, but I can do something else. And then I went to general studies because there was nothing. And then I was like, well, I'm going to be this uh, guy with no degree who's been in college for 10 years if I don't do something. And then Japanese <laughs> became a major in uh, Ball State. And I'd studied it on my own for a long time. Kind of a strange story. And uh, I tested out of quite a few years of it. So I ended up getting my degree in Japanese. And that was about a year after I decided I need to get out of college. Yeah. And I'd been, and then right as I was getting the degree, I like started flying. So it was That's kind, awesome. of all, kind of all happened at once. So you're in your, you got your private, how long did you, so you did it in 40 hours, 40.2 hours. And then how long do you, how many days do you remember how, like, was that a month? Was it two months? No, it actually took quite a bit of time because I couldn't really afford it. I mean, I, I paid cash for it. I'd like go and work at Domino's and literally have the cash, give it to my instructor. Here you go. Here's the next lesson. And uh, I think it was like $38 and 40 cents for a 152 and an instructor for an hour. And it, yeah, I mean, that was, I mean, I don't know why that number sticks in my head, but I remember <laughs> weird things like that. And, uh, we would go and I was like, oh, here again. But I was doing it every two weeks because that was really, that, that was the limit of the finances, you know, if I didn't yeah. need, get anything. And, uh, 
but then he, you know, towards the end, he's like, well, you got to start coming in every week because, you know, you come back and you don't really remember it a lot. And I'm like, okay, cool. So started picking up my work and all that. And then, uh, you know, after that, I, oh, I want to say it. I, I can't even tell you how long it took me, nine months, 10 months, something like yeah. that. That's a, that's a typical amount of time, but usually people yeah. end up with probably like 90 hours because yeah. they just keep forgetting stuff or they just, right. I think a lot of times too, it can be a flight school or the flight instructor that kind of, sure. I hate to say it, but they kind of use a student for money mm-hmm. or flight time, which is a, a real issue in the general aviation industry. Yeah, so I, I've seen that before. I mean, I instructed too. I mean, I know, well, I know exactly what you're talking about. You know, those guys were nothing like that. I mean, they were great instructors. I had really good instructors. And, yeah. Uh, Still keep in touch with them every once in a while, so it's kind of cool. Yeah, it's funny how the people you first meet in aviation can turn out to be some of either your mentors or the best friends in aviation. Heck yeah, yeah, it's really cool. And then, so you did your private pilot, and uh, how long did it take before you started training on your instrument? Um, immediately, as yeah. soon as I got my ticket, uh, I was like, okay, time for the instrument rating, and that's actually my bread and butter, man. I love instrument flying; it's like my thing. I love all ifr stuff <laughs> oh yeah we can trade jobs if you want you can do uh, my freight job if you want <laughs> yeah 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 man I, i've done that believe me yeah it's a, no I, I really enjoyed that and that's actually where i really learned to fly was flying freight just oh. uh flying the caravan over the great lakes and icing in the winter time and all sorts of uh good stuff that you know it uh it made yeah. me realize i didn't know anything oh yeah you're speaking my language right now caravan over there lake erie in the winter time <laughs> yeah exactly yeah, yeah, we've probably been to a lot of the same places up there. So. Oh my gosh, I live around uh, the Detroit area. Yep, Detroit City. Yep, yep. yeah, Detroit City. Yeah, forever. Detroit City. <laughs> Just in case anyone's listening to this, it is. I hate to say this because I don't have anything against anyone up there, but it's probably the scariest airport you'll ever go to. <laughs> oh man, uh, here's my. I got a Detroit City story for you. You can cut this out if you want to, but you don't have to. <laughs> nope. It's uh, and so it's going in. My first, my first time in Detroit, we're going to Murray. I don't know if Murray Aviation still exists there or not. No, it doesn't. It's Aflight now. Yeah, it was Murray Aviation back then. And uh, so I fly, I'm just, you know, I'm new. I had uh, 1,200 hours when I started flying 135. And like, I don't know any of the times or anything or any of the, uh, you know, what's required now for like starting 135 job. But uh, I'm like flying in and it's around the 4th of July. It's around this time of the year, actually. And uh, I land and taxi over to Murray Aviation. And I'm great. It's like four in the morning and all the ramp guys, they got a barbecue going out on the ramp. It's awesome. And they're like, Hey man, you want some? Yeah, yeah, this is great. Uh, free food. And I'm hearing, Hey, nice firecrackers. That's not firecrackers, man. That's gunfire. <laughs> <It's> like, really? <laughs> I don't know if they're, you know, they were giving me a hard time or not, but I'm pretty sure knowing that area, it probably was gunfire. Oh no, so. it was a hundred percent gunfire. There are bullet holes <laughs> yep. all over the airport. They, I'm pretty sure they tell you not to leave the airport. It's like, oh, there's, uh, a, yeah, there's yeah. a good chance you're going to die. It's like, Oh okay. yeah. <laughs> yeah. They, I've, I've had that conversation with a lot of those guys like, Hey, I'm going to go to the McDonald's. Like, no, you're not. We'll go get it for you. Yeah, like, okay. <laughs> no, you're fine. Yeah. We'll get it for you. Get a pizza, do something. Don't leave. Yep. Exactly. Yeah. I've, uh, the last time I went to Detroit city, it was the first time I ever did a zero zero takeoff. So that was oh, fun. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> Gotta love flying part 91. Right. Yep. Yeah, sure. Hey, can you see me? Not really well. Go yeah. ahead. Nate. You're good. <laughs> it was funny. The controller, when I got my IFR clearance, he was like, you know, he, he was the same guy on ground. Cause it was really early mm-hmm. in the morning. And he right. was like, yeah, well, uh, you can take whatever intersection you want, whatever, whatever intersection you can find, just go for it. It's like, all right, <laughs> we'll do it. And it wasn't nice. truly zero, zero, but it was really right. low. It was low enough yeah. to where it was probably the lowest takeoff I've done. But I mean, it was, yeah. brief. I felt safe the whole time. I could see the lines in front of me and I knew what I was doing. And as yeah. soon as I took off, you pop out and it's no issue at all. Yeah. Yeah. It's that little ground fog, man. It's scary stuff though. You're like, wow, it's yeah. just Especially crazy. Man, like you get up above it. Yeah. You're like, 
Oh, okay. That's all that was. So. Yeah. And especially shooting approaches. The worst approaches are the, the ground fog approaches when it's like zero yeah. visibility. I'd shoot an approach with ceilings down to minimums any day over a low visibility approach. Yep. Oh, well, it might be different with the, the fancy jets that have all the fancy auto landing and stuff like that. But in my, yeah. uh, the third Pilatus ever made, it's uh, usually yep. hand flying for me. Yeah. Well, don't worry. I fly a Falcon that, uh, the avionics are glass, but they're not that much glass. So <laughs> there's no auto land involved. Yeah, that's funny. I, I actually really love flying the older planes, though. It's uh, it's still fun to hand fly. And I know a lot of airliners don't have the ability to hand fly as much anymore. I know that they really wish. So I try not to to think past where I am today. And I try to really enjoy the flying that I'm doing while oh, I, I can. Yeah, yeah, I'm the same. I usually hand fly up to about 10,000 feet. And I'll, you know, hand fly like visual approaches and stuff. And, uh you know, stuff like that. It's just, yeah, I mean, I just like to fly. You know? That's why we got in it, right? We didn't get in exactly. it just to sit at a computer the whole day. So yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I like the, uh, I like the avionics too, but you know, you gotta, you gotta find what you like and give and take what you're given. So. For sure. And there's gonna be times when your automation is going to fail. So you need to keep your skills up as much as possible. Oh, heck yeah. Yeah. Which you'll learn if anyone's doing their instrument training, it's, it's, very crucial. I talked about this before about six pack training and even just not using the flight director because there's many times the flight director doesn't work and you're going to have to learn yeah. how to fly an instrument. And you might yep. think it's wacky flying it that way, but that's how it used to be done every time. Yeah, no, it's crazy. Yeah. It's- what did you think about the instrument check ride? Did you think the instrument check ride was pretty hard or do you think it was about the same? Like, I know um, a lot of people say that once you take a private check ride, you kind of understand what they might ask. So the instrument's not as hard, but I found the instrument check ride to be the hardest one. You know, I'm, you're going to laugh at me, but uh, I think uh, the last guy, Stabilizer Motion, actually mentioned this, where he uh, like was on the Microsoft Flight Simulator. Yeah. And, you know, I I did everything great in instrument training except for my NDB, NDB approaches. I was like, for some reason, I did, couldn't pick it up. I mean, I kind of got how they were, but I was like, man, this is strange. And I had like one of the early uh, Microsoft Flight Simulator things. And you can't feel anything. It's not like stick and rudder stuff, but... Right. You know, the way the avionics work, they work exactly the same. And I was like, okay, I'm going to sit here and figure this instrument approach out. And so I started figuring out NDB approaches. And I must have done, I can't even count how many I did, but I would sit there, you know, all night after classes and stuff. And, you know, as long as I could keep myself awake going, I'm doing NDB approaches, I'm doing NDB approaches. And, uh, you know, my uh, NDB approach on the uh, check ride, the guy's like, look up. And I was like, dead center line on the runway. He's like, that's pretty impressive. So he, I, I, like I said, I love instrument flying. It's like my thing. So oh, yeah, instrument flying is a lot of fun. And it's unbelievable how realistic flight simulator has gotten now. Like you said, though, you're not going to get the full motion unless you yeah. get in one of the crazy simulators that there are. But X-Plane, you can fly on your iPad. Like that stuff can just be for you to kind of understand how everything works. You can get your right, general yeah. knowledge from it. And it's a cheaper way to do it. Like it's only going to be like a hundred dollars dollars total, maybe once you buy everything right. that you need. So if you're exactly. looking into aviation and you're doing your instrument or even doing your private, like go get flight simulator to go try it out. Yeah, yeah. I mean that that was actually. I mean, like I said, I was limited in funds, so I'm like really sitting here going, I really got to be efficient with this. I've got to, you know, I can't sit here and have this guy do five lessons on NDB approaches, which I would have gotten it by then. But I'm like, nope, got to do it on my own, you know. And <laughs> Once I get there and once I figured out and the instructor's like, wow, you figured that out in like one day? I'm like, yeah, no, you have no idea how, <laughs> how long that took. No, there's something to say about self-study and your own training. That's going to help. Yeah. If you can learn how to self-study early, it's going to yeah. help you out so much because when you get to the airlines, from what I've heard, or you get to mm-hmm. the majors yeah. or you get to any kind of job, really, right. they're just going to teach you once and it's up to you to remember it and go study yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah, you're on your own. You're like, they're paying you to be here. You better, you, know, you better figure it out real quick. Yeah, so it's like you either will fill another spot with another pilot that's willing to learn it. Mm-hmm. So you better do it. Yep, yep. So cool. So uh, talk to me a little about the commercial training too. What would you think of that? I always thought commercial was my favorite training. I love the maneuvers. Yeah. I like the chandelles. I like the the lazy eights, or as my instructor called them, we called them the crazy eights. We took them one step yeah. farther. 
So <laughs> there was a lot of fun. Yeah, I like commercial training. I mean, it was, I mean, the instrument stuff was just where it was all at for me. I just, I mean, I seriously love instrument flying for some reason. But the commercial stuff was fun. I was like, okay, cool. You know, here's some extra stuff you can do. And like you said, the maneuvers were a great time and it was good. And then uh, by then I was like, I can see kind of making a career out of this. So commercial is cool, but now I'm going to need a CFI, right? You know, mm-hmm. so I'm just, uh, and the CFI is what basically the commercial maneuvers from the right seat. So I was like, okay, so I better learn this really, really good. Yep. And then, uh, you know, so I, I did my commercial and that didn't really take all that long. Um, once they saw how committed I was at the school, they really helped me out. And then, uh, yeah, as soon as I got my commercial, like that day, the, the chief pilot of the place pulled me into his office and said, Hey, uh, one of the instructors just left and, uh, well, you want a job? And I was like, I don't have a CFI. He's like, get your CFI and you have a job. I'm like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds so, good. I mean, they didn't pay you anything, but I was like, Hey, I'm going to build time. That's great. So. Well, yeah, you're finally going to get paid to fly, which is exactly just a mental win in your mind because you've given them so much money and you had to pay so much. And now just having the ability to make money is unbelievable. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I was like, yeah, I mean, I, I, it was so, uh, kind of so efficient with the way I did all my flying and keeping track of how much it cost me and everything. I, I did it for like nothing. I mean, compared to like what you could pay for it. And then when I got this job, I'm like, wow, I could pretty much pay for everything I just learned in one year, just, you know, really working hard instructing. So I did that. It's crazy. Once you become a commercial pilot, just so many opportunities can open. Like I said, you can be a flight instructor, you can finally make money and you need to, obviously you need to do it the legal way and not cut corners, but it's, there's going to be opportunities there for you to do it. And it's up to you to find the path that you want to do. Because I mean, as we've learned from most of these podcasts, very rarely has someone taken the exact same path. And that's the Mm -hmm. beauty of aviation is it's kind of up to you. you like, that's yeah. where the self-study thing comes in. You kind of mm-hmm. just make your own life and you figure it out. Yeah. I mean, it's like, that's kind of, yeah, it's funny you say that. Cause it's like a lot of the stuff I do, I really didn't realize until you just said that right now, but a lot of the stuff I do is like, I figured it out on my own. I mean, yeah, there's like tutorial, like now there's tutorials on YouTube or whatever. And, uh, but I like, Hey, I want to learn Photoshop. Okay. You know, I've had like no graphic training whatsoever, but I'm like, I think I can make this look like that, but how do I do it? And I'll spend all day doing something like that or a, you know, like music production. I'm like, wow, this is cool. How do I make this sound like that? Okay, cool. You know, and it's like all kind of builds on itself and it's exactly, uh, exactly what you're just saying. Yeah. Well, I can say for your self studies paid off because your Photoshop is really good and <laughs> everyone knows your chemtrail video. So the chemtrail oh, video is hilarious. That's great. Yeah, yeah man. That's too funny. I have a, I found a lot of nut jobs on the internet from that one. So. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. That was, I'm sure people thought you're being serious too and thought they're like, yeah. Hey, you're fine. You're one of us. Come out here. We love you. Exactly. Yep. <laughs> yeah, well, the, the reason I kind of did that, it was, uh, it's funny because it was like a, like a six step way to debunk a conspiracy really. But the, uh, the, the first way is like who else talking about it? You know, it's like, Hey, if there's like a bunch of people talking about something, it's probably happening like Watergate. You know, that was something that, they couldn't really hide or, you know, Bill Clinton, Monica Lewinsky or whatever. That was, yeah. he's the most powerful guy in the world and he couldn't hide that, you know, come on. Right. So I was like, you know, Kim trails and I'm like, like laughing because it's so ridiculous. So I'm just going, Hey, what if I'm that guy that's talking about it? You know? <laughs> <laughs> so that was kind of my thought process and where the comedy came from in that. Yeah. So. And it's so funny just how like chemtrails has like spiraled into this whole big thing where people think that pilots have a special button that they can hit and they're just polluting the, the world. So, well, yeah, yeah. And if you look at, I think what is it? Barium weighs like 30 pounds per gallon or something. So oh, it's wow. really efficient to, oh, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'm not totally sure, but the atomic weight kind of looks like it 
kind of weighs that much. So yeah, that's really. Funny. I know some some real like person can probably figure that out. But. Yeah, that that's really funny. No, it's it's crazy. Let's get back to your um your your time as a flight instructor, if you don't mind. Uh, what was? Do you have any cool stories about being a flight instructor? Do you have any like crazy stories where students try to kill you or any maintenance issues with your flight school or anything? No, not really. I mean, I had a good, solid flight school. It was just, uh, I mean, they kept their airplanes up really good. Um, you know, I had a couple of times where, uh, at one time there was a student from another school, you know, I was on a downwind for one. He thought he was on a downwind for the same runway, but he was really on, you know, he was coming straight at me. I've had that happen. Um, uh, there was a tower controlled field months of class D airspace. And, uh, I had one guy that turned final from, but really, I mean, uh, I really had a good time instructing. It only lasted for like a year to the day. It's kind of a funny story how they, uh, how like I instructed and, uh, I started this job and the, the guy, I, the guy that quit and I took the job from, he left and went to this freight place in Toledo, which is where I went after that, mm-hmm. which is kind of funny. He, he kind of kept getting me into places cause he goes, Hey, I'm leaving here. Here's a job opening and he'd tell me before anyone else knew. That's it's awesome. Like, hey, you know, here, uh, it's, uh, was it, how do they say it's like it's who you know it's not really a experience or anything oh yeah for sure it's aviation is definitely who you know either overqualified or underqualified or who you know so yeah, it's uh, yeah that's really funny though it's it's it goes to show though to stay in contact with everyone because you never know who could help you out yeah don't don't burn your bridge stay in contact and you know this flight school i worked at and it was a good time i mean i was working really really hard and making no money whatsoever but you know it was like i think i set the up landing record at muncie indiana i think i had 80 landings in a day doing touching goes all day oh my gosh did you get a plaque <laughs> no no i don't think anyone even noticed <laughs> i just have in my logbook i mean that was a lot of landings. i don't think anyone's ever done that before that's funny so anyway this uh so the flight department closes down because it wasn't making any money and uh i'm like oh what am i gonna do now i have no job and like literally that day when the flight department said it was closing down this guy whose instructor job i had you know fallen into said hey i'm leaving for a I think he was going to executive jet at the time. And he's like, so I'm leaving this place. Here's the chief pilot's number. Give him a call. I'm like, okay. So I gave him a call and lo and behold, the chief pilot answered my call. And he's like, Hey, well, uh, if you can come over here right now, uh, I'll give you an interview. I'm like, okay. So I jumped in the airplane and I went over there and did the interview and got the job. And I was like, yeah. so <laughs> I'm not so sure I was the best person in the world, but you know, I showed up. So. Yeah. Those, they needed a pilot. You were there right place, right time. Exactly. I, Kind of funny. So what kind of planes did you fly there? Oh boy, let me see. Well, I flew the caravan, obviously. Yeah. I flew uh the Aztec. As truck. The As truck. I flew a uh Metroliner three with dash three engines on it, which was scary. Yeah. Um flew a uh let's see uh Beechcraft King Air one hundred with the uh, with the B one hundred with the uh, Garrett engines on it. Okay. And see I was uh, right seat in the Lear twenty four and a thirty five. Oh nice. So, you you got a good a bit of experience there. Yeah, that, that place taught me how to fly. I mean, that was the place where, you know, the first year I was there, I was like, I don't know if I'm going to live or not through this because it's so much. I, I realized I was not a good pilot. And I was like, man, I've got to go. I got to like get really, really <laughs> into no. this. Yeah. You know, after, I mean, I hard, man, I really, I really don't know anything. So yeah, after flying 135 for just a couple months, I gained so much respect for anyone that either makes this a career or does this as just does this at all because it is some serious flight time that they get and yeah, they fly yeah, during the worst weather. Every like very, you're always heavy. Something's always going wrong. You're always tired. So it, there's a lot on the pilot. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, if I didn't scare myself a little bit, like, you know, 
every week or so, I was like, man, something's not right. <laughs> so, I know, right? If you weren't like kind of up on the edge of your seat, then you're behind the plane or something's going wrong. Something, yeah, something's yeah. about to I, happen. I was like, I'm too comfortable right now. What am I missing? That was kind of my whole attitude the whole time I worked there. So that's a good that, attitude that, to have because yeah. you don't want anything bad to happen when you're in IFR or bad yeah. weather. Sure thing. Yeah. And I've definitely learned to hunt, even 135, like very rarely are the winds calm wherever you go. It's always a very steep crosswind or it's gusting 30, gusting 40. And right. there's, there's one time I actually had to land with a, a 37 knot quartering tailwind. Because if I didn't do that, the impending, the thunderstorm that was producing that tailwind would have eaten my plane alive and it would just would have been yeah, terrible. Exactly. So I had no other yep. choice but to land. So yeah, that was, uh, that was a fun time, but you learn from the mistake. You learn from, I don't want to say mistakes because I mean, they just learn from situations. Yeah. And one, I think 135 flying is kind of for a while there. I feel like it wasn't as respected as what it should be just because I think they kind of looked down on the guys, but I think airlines and people hiring really see the, the value of that time. Oh yeah, absolutely. That's like, I mean, that's, that's the hardest time I think there is, you know, it's like, I don't know, like you're saying, there's always something going wrong. There's always, you know, something not working quite right. And there's always, your, your back's always against the wall somewhere. And you're just like, and I worked for a really good company. I'm not, <laughs> it wasn't a bad company right. at all, but I, yeah. these people I hear going to the horror stories coming from like some of the real bad cargo carriers. I'm like, wow, you know, oh, that's yeah. impressive. I work for a really good 135 company as well. Priority Air Charter, they take amazing care of their air- airplanes and yeah. the parent company's preferred air parts, which is one of the more well-known auto or <laughs> not auto parts, but uh plane part companies in the country and <laughs> arguably the world. So it's, it's pretty cool. But yeah, no, it's, it's definitely some fun flying and I'm definitely, definitely can scare you into being a, a good pilot and making wise decisions. Yeah, no kidding. And you know, it's a, the thing is now I really don't scare myself that, you know, I mean, every once in a while something will make you nervous, you know, something random will happen, but now it's like, okay, well, it's not as, you know, the things aren't happening like back then and where I'm not ready for, at least, you know, I kind of pre-plan for everything. So it's, just having a good experience, I suppose. For sure. I don't want to say you've seen it all as a 135 pilot because there's obviously things that can happen, but you see a good amount to kind of yeah. mitigate your fear and kind of recognize stressful situations. Yeah. You know, you can deal with stuff. That's yeah. basically what it teaches you. You're like, okay, I got this. You know I mean? And it's like, okay, now it's time to be careful. And it's like a little, like a sixth sense or something, something in the back of your head, you know, something isn't right in the job I'm at. Now I'm like, something's not right. You know, that little thing clicks in my head because probably that experience I had way back flying charter or whatever so yeah no for sure you could you definitely develop this little sixth sense of mm-hmm. recognizing when just like all right something's not right like something doesn't sound right something doesn't feel right that doesn't that doesn't normally say that and you you're kind of more in tune with the plane yeah yeah exactly or just even like a situation like man you know i've had so many times where i've been like i don't know like a notum or something you know like we get these packets of notums like 70 of them and like there's just something looks funny in this and i'll oh like your page three hey look this runway is closed why didn't anyone tell me <laughs> you know there was one time I was uh, I was flying. We do we have an SIC program at our company, and I was mm-hmm. flying into I was flying to Niagara, and they have one longer runway and they have one shorter runway. And I chose right. the yep. longer runway at night. <laughs> it was more out of the way because you know freight sometimes you want to get as fast as possible. You choose the straight in runway, but it's more out of the way. But we go to so many random airports at night. You know that most of the time only the long runway is actually lit up. And I, I can't remember if this time if the runway's closed or what, but my choice going to the longer runway and the SIC was like, why don't you just go to this runway? He's like, are you, are you too afraid to land on the lo- the shorter runway? I was like, no, it's like my previous experience has shown me that exactly. that's not the best idea to make. Give me a long runway, you know, I'll take the crosswind. That's fine. As long as it's not a limit to the airplane, I'm good with that, you know? It's like I can deal with, I can deal with the wind. I just, I need, <laughs> I'm pretty heavy. I need to stop when I can stop. And granted, I fly a PC-12 in a caravan and they can pretty much do anything, but you still don't want to take the plane to its limits. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's awesome. So how long did you fly freight for? 
Um, it was actually, let me see, the, the flight instructor thing, like last, I mean, it was like a year to the day. It was like October 15th. I got hired and like October 15th, I started my charter job. And then I flew a flew charter for basically three years. And I've been with the same corporate place here uh, since 2000. Oh, nice. That's awesome. So you went from charter to corporate. Would you ever think about the airlines at all? Were the airlines ever calling your name? Um, yeah, actually, I was like, you know, it's, you know, flying is cool. I mean, I just want to experience it all. I'm not, I don't really have like this. So I got to do this or this or this. But I was like, you know, I mean, the airlines are where to be and whatever. So I'll get my little jet time here and there, you know, my my corporate jet time or whatever. And then I'll go and uh, go to the airlines and then uh, one morning, September 11th happened and I had a couple interviews set up and then the interviews went away and I was like, you know, maybe that's a sign. Maybe I should just stay, you know, maybe I should stay corporate. And that's what I did. Yeah. Well, it seemed to work out. So yeah, it did. I mean, you know, it's, it's random in aviation, how it, it's timing and you have no control over that timing. And I've got a lot of friends that have gone through a lot of crap and I'm just, I feel so bad for them. You know, it's like, oh mm. man, <laughs> I, I think I've had it easy compared to them. For sure. Did you get furloughed at all with uh, your corporate job or? I've never been furloughed. I have, uh, I've missed all that. You know, I have, I mean, it's just luck. That's all, that's all I can attribute it to. There's no, uh, <laughs> there's no skill involved in that. It's just the oh, right time at the right place. Yeah, there is, there is, that's all luck. It's no skill at all. There's, it's so unfortunate when people get furloughed because there's really like when, when airlines start furloughing, there's no other jobs from the get. They already have pilots yeah. and they're not going to hire anyone new. Well, it's exactly, it's like you company furloughs and there's like, you know, a thousand people coming from, someplace all looking for the same job and there's only 200 jobs. I mean, what's going to happen? You know, it's like, you know, I guess I'm going to the home Depot or something and you know, <laughs> yeah. this isn't a bad job, but it's not flying. So yeah. I mean, you're being called to be a pilot. So why not? But yeah. That's one of the, I forget. I think it was Kurt was talking about to always have a backup plan. You know, it's like yeah. he went to the national guard and tried to do air traffic control. It's like, yep. you got to see, you got to see what the airlines, what they are, see the industry for what it is. And it's not always going to be where it is. It's constantly moving up and down and, you got to weather the storms and enjoy the good times. And in the good times, you got to prepare for the bad times. And that could right. mean maybe getting another skill, maybe doing some other things just to just to keep your name out there and stay involved and don't just be comfortable with where you're at. Always be looking to how to improve it. Yeah, exactly. I, mean, I look at aviation. I like investing. Like, you know, people talk about Warren Buffett and stuff and it'll be like, you know, always uh, be greedy when people are, people are, yeah, people are fearful and be fearful when people are greedy. So, you know, it's a pretty simple saying, but, you know, the aviation industry, when I got into it, when I was flight instructing and everything, there was like no jobs. Like, oh, this is the stupidest industry to ever be in. Don't be in it. It's, you know, I was at, uh, it was U.S. Air had been bought by somebody and they became U.S. Airways. And I was, you know, and everything was going bad and they'd gone bankrupt and taking pensions. And I'm like, wow, this is horrible, but I just like to fly. So I'm going to do this. And then really, they got really good back in what was 2005 or 2006. And everybody's like, oh, this is the best place ever to be right now. And, you know, great. And then, you know, the market crashed in 2008 and then like everybody's out of jobs again. And then it, it seems to be, you know, it cycled down and then now it seems to be cycling up. I'm not going to say right now that it's on this huge up cycle or anything. Cause I think maybe it'll, it might be different this time, but you know, right now it's like, Hey, let's go. And you know, it's a good time to be in it, but I don't know. I think maybe this time might be different. So yeah, no, this from the general consensus about this time, it feels like maybe they have it figured out more yeah, than they did yeah. in the past. I feel like exactly with the way that they kind of have, kind of consolidated to three companies, three major airlines. And right. I feel like that, I think it was Warren Buffett that even said that right now is the best time to kind of get involved with the airlines because they, mm -hmm. it's kind of like how the railroad railroads were back in the day. Once yeah, they shrunk yeah. down the competition and they kind of figured out the market and it's a crazy that it took them what, 50 years to figure it out. But now that they <laughs> have it, they Warren Buffett was talking about how now is the best time to get to invest in an airline or to buy an yeah. airline or even just become a pilot. 
Yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that now there's, I think there might be something to it. I think it might be able to keep going up now. Whereas before, you know, you could see kind of like the writings on the wall, like, okay, well, there's not going to be that many jobs left. I mean, 2008, that market crash was horrible. So, and it seems to be not having those problems now. So Yeah, and it also helps that there, I think those market crashes in September 11th really deterred people from getting in aviation. And that yeah. has kind of helped out mm-hmm. where, where they need pilots. Like it doesn't, even if the market crashes, I feel like there's still yeah. going to be a need for pilots. The pay oh, might yeah, be, yeah. not be as well, but there's still going to be jobs out there. There will be, yeah, for sure. At least we hope so. You never know. Yeah. Never yeah, say yeah. never in this industry, right? Yeah, never say never and always have a backup plan. That's always all you can do. Always have a backup plan. And I liked what Kurt said from Stabilizer Emotions episode about how <laughs> always live a little bit below your means. Don't ever extend yourself too far yeah. because then that's when it comes back to bite you. Yep. Yeah, definitely. Sa- save sure. your money and don't uh, don't go buy the 300,000 RV just because you can, you know? I know, right? But I want it so bad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Wait till you have 600,000 in the bank, then go buy the $300,000 yeah, RV. See, that's the good so, way to think about it. That's and the that's, way to do it. But you know, we're pilots and we're very impulsive and we can't make those I know. decisions. We have those type A personalities. We can't help it. Yeah, no, it, it looks cool. What I want it now. Exactly. Yeah, that's awesome. So your time at corporate, how have you enjoyed time at corporate? Do you wish you would have gone to the airlines? Or are you kind of happy with how everything played out? I'm happy how it played out. You know, this this uh, place I work at now is giving me time to do everything else I do. And believe me, I do a lot of stuff. It's, uh, it, I mean, the airlines would be cool, but you know, it's, I, I mean, I don't even know the schedule. I'll talk to some of my friends that are there and like, well, I'll be doing three and two and four and three for the rest of my life. And I'm like, that's cool, you know. I mean, as long as you're based there. But, yeah, right. You know, fighting, fighting for a ride somewhere, I just like ah, that. That just that would like wear on me. I think. So yeah, I'm I'm really happy how it turned out, and I'm uh, yeah, I'm glad it turned out this way. Actually, it's just kind of like come to the fork in the road to take it, something like that. So I did. So here I am, and you know, make the best of it, and not gonna complain about it. For sure. I mean, it goes to say like you can make your own plan for aviation. Like you can. Write down on a sheet of paper your goals, the major airline you want to work for, the corporate company you want to work for. But don't be disappointed if that doesn't work out and don't just limit yourself to that company. If someone else comes calling, take the job. Heck yeah. <laughs> like if you want to go to American, but Delta wants to hire you, like you would be so dumb to not work for Delta or right. vice yeah, I mean, versa. Yeah. yeah, exactly. It doesn't even, it doesn't even matter. Even if it's an airline that may not be as, as prominent as it once was or struggling a little bit, but like it's yeah. still a, a good job to fly and. Even the airlines are cyclical, like that one might be higher than the other one. They all go through different phases. One pays right, more yeah. than they pay the less, and one pays more than they pay the worse. So you never right, know yeah. what could happen. Yeah, you'll see it through the next contract negotiations, I'm sure, with like, you know, whoever goes through their contract negotiation, they're going to get this huge raise, or maybe they won't, who knows. But whatever happens, then everyone's going to have to play catch up with them, and they'll get a little bit better. You know, it's kind of like raising the bar. Just, it's kind of funny how it works. It is very funny how it works. And it's funny how fast it can go away, too. Because mm-hmm. I know after yeah. September 11th, like pay cuts dropped immediately, like 50%. Yeah. Yep. No pensions, you know. I've, yeah. Yeah. That's a, that's kind of a, a sore subject. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm not with me. I'm a, yeah. I'm a finance person and, yeah. uh, and it was, uh, I've, you know, talked to enough people that, uh, you know, used to work at United or wherever and well, they took half a million dollars of my pension because we went bankrupt and then, well, the pensions technically the airlines. So it's like, yeah, well, I, I know I've said this before, but my dad worked for American or US Airways at the time and they went bankrupt twice. And I don't even know if he has his pension back yet. So, yeah, you know, so you know how it goes. It's, I mean, I'm, I'm a big fan of like the 401ks now and stuff like that just because they're, it's kind of yours. Yeah. So, for sure. Yeah, that's your money and they can't, they mm-hmm. can't, they don't right. have it being held in a foreign bank. <laughs> yep, exactly. So, kind of shady, but you know, the Bahamian government isn't involved. Let's yeah, just say. <laughs> right. Yeah. Kind of weird, but you know, yeah. it is what it is. And it's unfortunate that it happened. Yep. Yeah. But yeah, good to learn for it. Look at history and try not to repeat it. Something like that. So 
Yeah. And I know we were talking about earlier how you're kind of, you're more, you're involved with your company too. Would you recommend someone get involved with a union or get involved with the company side of the, have they have the opportunity? Yeah, sure. I mean, I would think that it would be good if, uh, you know, come see like, like a management side or, you know, the union side of something, it would be a good thing to see. I mean, there's good and bad in both. So I don't know. I mean, I, I would say, yeah, yeah, definitely do that. All right, Mike, I have a rapid fire section for you. I know if, uh, if you listen to the podcast, you kind of will know what the kind of questions I'm going to ask. So if you don't mind, I'm going to ask some of those right now. Yeah, go for it. All right. What's your favorite airplane? Just overall favorite airplane? SR-71. Cool. Good choice. What's your favorite airport you've ever flown to? You know, that's a tough one. I don't really have one. Um, probably somewhere out west, probably in the mountains. Maybe yeah. Telluride, but maybe not. I don't know. Hard to say. There's a lot of them. I've been to a lot of really cool airports. So. I've been close to Telluride. I've been to Durango, Colorado, which is just south of Telluride. My buddy and I, we wanted to go grab lunch in Telluride, but I think the weather was getting kind of bad, and I heard that's not the best yeah. place to have bad weather. So, Yeah, no, it really isn't. We decided against it. <laughs> All right, so what's your favorite aviation Instagram account to follow? Virtual reality. Virtual reality. Spelled V-E-R-C-H. Okay. I think I've seen she's you tag also, them a couple yeah, times. Yeah, she's also the uh, blonde girl in the Kim Curls and I video. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> yeah, she's my buddy. That's so. awesome. Had to mention her page. Always. But I have a lot of, I actually have a lot of other AV Instagram pages I follow, like, uh, what was it? Combat Learjet yeah. pilot stuff, LB yeah. Jack pilot. Yeah, those are um, good dudes. Pilot Vlogs, he's awesome. So. Yeah, Pilot Vlogs is good for sure. Yeah. Pilot Vlogs and I, we, we go way back. We've been talking for a while. I saw him when he first started and he's, he lived in Columbus and I lived kind of Northeast Ohio. So we kind of nice. talked a lot. So it was good. Yeah, yeah, he seems like a cool guy. Yeah. Do you prefer long trips or short trips? Long trips. Longer long the trips. better. Yeah, like longer as flying or a longer time out on the road? Uh, longer as flying, longer yeah. legs. Give me a six-hour leg, I'm happy. I mean, I don't like bouncing around the Northeast doing, you know, 45-minute legs, five or six a day. I'd rather do coast-to-coast, coast-to-coast. I mean, it just fits my personality. I like doing that kind of thing. Yeah, you know, I'd agree with you. I'd rather in the air for four or five hours I'd, I'd rather sit back relax kind of take it in i feel like the more takeoff and landings you do the more stressful it can get and the tired you're the more tired you're gonna be and plus you gotta clean the plane like four or five times you know instead yeah. of like once <laughs> that's so. very true i didn't think about that side of it because i don't have to clean up the plane because the freight doesn't really make too much yeah. of a mess oh that's true yeah <laughs> freight also doesn't complain when you have a bad landing that's true too all right if you weren't a pilot what would you want to be um, uh, boy, you know, I could, I could see myself being in finance or being maybe a, well, probably a run a studio or be a musician, which I do that already, but, uh, um, could possibly, possibly be a translator too. Cool. So there's a lot of options for you. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, like I said, always have a backup plan or yeah. two, three or four of them. For, yeah. Or 10, you know, never know. Yeah. Have a backup for the backup for the backup. Exactly. Yeah. Would you rather fly a Piper or a Cessna? Um, both. I like them both actually. Yeah. Yeah, I live in, actually, I live in a town where a uh, piper is made, so I oh, can't really wow. say anything bad. Piper, yeah, you can't so. say anything bad. That probably employs half your town. <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much it does. <laughs> yeah, that's cool. Yeah, the, my favorite plane for a while was the Piper Arrow because that was the first plane that actually had some power to it that I've ever flown. But then yeah. I moved on to Cessna 310, which then became my favorite plane. And now I have to fly the Pilatus, so that's my favorite plane. So I think it's whatever yeah. plane I'm actually flying now is my favorite plane. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I did my commercial on an Arrow, so I know what yeah. you mean about that. And I flew the Caravan for us, so I love Cessna. I flew them the Citation 10, the Ultra stuff, I guess. Yeah. So good times. Yeah, it's, it's cool that Cessna kind of takes the same guts of every single plane and tries to make it as similar as possible. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's great. Yeah. All right. What's one plane that you've always wanted to fly, but you never had the chance to? You know, I really. Uh, um, don't know. Actually, I have some starship time, so that was kind of cool. 
So I really actually, I actually got to fly the Starship. I haven't talked to many people. I've gotten a chance to do that. Yeah. I was a 300 hour instructor. I was in the right seat. I didn't even, it was like the first time I'd ever been in the flight levels, but Hey, I got time in the Starship. But, oh, for sure. That's so cool. Um, Those are some funky looking airplanes. It's an interesting yeah. design. Yeah. I, you know, I don't know if the plane I want to fly has been built yet. I want to do something that goes kind of, you know, up on the edge of space, does that kind of stuff. You can get to Tokyo in two or three hours and you know, I'll cool. be all over that when it does, but yeah, maybe the G650. I don't know. Yeah. Something. All right. Would you rather fly over cities, mountains, the country, or the coast? Um, I'd rather do coast to coast and fly over all of it, actually. <laughs> there you go. That's a good answer. I never even thought about that. All right. What is one thing you always have to have on you when you fly? Oh, uh, boy. Pr- uh, probably uh, probably some kind of media recording device. So right now, I got a GoPro with me and a Sony A6000 and uh, my iPhone. So, <laughs> yep. so something. if I see something cool, I'm going to take a picture of it and probably post it and annoy people. For sure. That's the, I would agree with you. I'd say it's something to record and obviously to do it safely and to figure out the best time to do it. Cause there's a time and place for both of them. Oh yeah. Yeah. I won't do it in the airplane if I'm, you know, other, I mean, but usually, like we go to so many interesting places. I'll be like, Oh, that's a cool mountain. You know, I'll take a picture of that or whatever. So yep, for sure. What's the favorite flight you've ever had? Oh boy. Um, you know, there, there's been several, I could say, um, I think maybe one was the first time I flew a jet. That was kind of cool. It was a, like an old Lear 24. Yeah. And that, that thing was a rocket. That, I mean, that's just memorable because, hey, the first time, you know, you, you don't have a prop pull and you got jets pushing you. That's kind of cool. Yeah, it is really and cool. And it's, it's, it's just different. It's like, oh, that's, you know, there's no propeller. It's like, wow, that's kind of neat. Let's take a break from today's episode to hear from our sponsor, RAA. Did you know that you need to update your federal and state withholdings when you upgrade, change seats, increase your income, or have a life-changing event like getting married or having a child? Having too little withheld from your paychecks could mean an unexpected tax bill or even a penalty for underpayment. On the other side, when you have too much money withheld from your paychecks, you end up giving Uncle Sam an interest-free loan and getting a tax refund. The key to paying the right amount of tax is to update your W-4 regularly. You can do this at any time during the year, but remember, adjustments made later in the year will have less impact on your taxes for that year. Not sure where to start? RAA can help. Founded by pilots for pilots and with four decades of financial planning and investment management experience, RAA is intimately familiar with unique benefits, risks, and career timelines that pilots face. Whether you're early in your career as a pilot or you spent years flying the line, RAA is here to help you navigate your financial journey from takeoff to touchdown. For more pilot-specific planning tips, download RAA's must-know financial facts for pilot's guide today at raa.com slash pilot to pilot. That's pilot to pilot. With high-resolution coast-to-coast composite radar and cloud-to-cloud, cloud-to-ground lightning updated every 2.5 minutes along with always available weather products like METARs, ECHOTOPS, and StormTracks, Sirius XM lets you fly confidently knowing that your weather information is available at 500 feet or at your destination 500 miles ahead. Check out aopa.org forward slash Sirius XM to get a two-month free trial to try these products out for yourself. Now back to today's episode. Yeah, you can actually see out in front of you if you're because I'm flying single engine yeah. props, so there's always a prop spinning mm-hmm. in front of me. But when you got jets in the back, you there's nothing obstructing yeah. your view at all. Yeah, yeah, and it's just kind of the, the noise is different, you know. It's like, oh, that that's neat how the throttles move and the wind moves like that or whatever. But um, that was one of them. Yeah, yeah. Um, trying to think. Uh, well, when I when I flew a Starship, that was cool because that was just an odd airplane. I knew it was an odd airplane that I would probably. Uh, would never see again. So that, that was neat. A, that is definitely an odd airplane. That's a good word yeah. to use for that. Yeah. Um, boy. Uh, first time I flew as a captain on a jet, maybe, you know, I was responsible for it. That, that was a, that was a good flight. That was in the citation ultra. But, cool. And, uh, first time I successfully landed the citation 10. <laughs> yeah, that's <laughs> it's pretty a, cool. 
it's, it's a tricky little airplane, but once you get it, it's not bad. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, cause the wings are so low. You got like, you, you don't really do the old dip the wing crosswind correction or you catch a wing. So, Oh wow. I didn't even think about that. Yeah. Yeah. Those wings are, I can't remember the exact number. Someone that flies the tail probably rip on me for this, but I think <laughs> it's like three and a half or four degrees nose up and three degrees of bank and you'll catch a wing. Oh, so, wow. it's, so, you know, he, he just didn't dip a wing in a crosswind. Yeah, <laughs> and I then I, that would get a little bit tough to get used to after a while. Yeah, actually, it's not, uh, I came to the Falcon, the Falcon sort of the same way. And I was just, uh, you're like, okay, watch out for the wings are low. And I said, what'd you fly before? And they're like, oh, the 10. He's like, oh, don't worry. You have no problem with this. Yeah, it's like, you'll be fine. Yeah, you're good. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're all right. <laughs> I got, uh, let's see, here's another one. What's the hardest check card you've ever taken? Hmm. You know, it was kind of funny. Here, here's an interesting story. I had a, when I flew the uh, King Air 100, it was the first check ride I had ever had with the feds. Mm-hmm. And I mean, my CFI, I actually ended up getting lucky in my DE back during my CFI days was one of the people that the feds actually trusted enough to not have a fed with them. So I ended up not doing my CFI with the feds. So I had to do a, I did it with him and he knew me and you know, that actually worked out good. Cause I don't know he, he went pretty hard on me, but he didn't, uh, he didn't try and kill me off with you know stupid questions. I couldn't answer or anything. But, um, the first time I did it with the feds, it was funny cause I'm sitting there looking at this airplane manual. I'm just like, I gotta go fly this for the feds tomorrow. I, I sat there and literally read the entire manual of the airplane, like, <laughs> and was uh, taking it like it was a double check right of me and another guy because we just bought the airplane and we both had to get checked out and yeah you know for whatever reason it just like all absorbed into me and I, the next day we the check ride came and I was answering like every question I was like I can't believe I remember all this this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> so that was that was stressful but it was it was cool how it, I don't know maybe the stress made me like remember things better or something yeah. I don't know I don't know maybe uh, putting yourself on the spot helped you remember everything <laughs> who knows yeah yeah all right here's one for you who in the industry would you like to meet um. Boy, well, first I'd like to meet you in person. But, there we go. You know, hey, that'd be cool. perfect. That's what everyone um, should say. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> that would um, be cool. Yeah, the guy from ATC memes. I like those guys. They're kind yeah, of funny. That'd be really uh, cool. Combat Learjet. I'd like to meet him. Buy mm-hmm. him a beer or something. Uh, pilot stuff too. Yeah. What do you love most about aviation? Um, kind of just the oddity of it, where it's not like a normal cubicle job. You know, you don't have to go sit in a cubicle from nine to five every single day, go to the same place, see the same people. You just, uh, it's kind of all over the place where, uh, I will, you know, one day I'm here and there. I mean, it's kind of weird having, I don't have a set schedule, but have enough of a schedule that I know where I'm going to, you know, I know when I'm going to be working at least. Right. There's and, definitely, you know, it's definitely an yeah. odd career. That's for sure. Yeah. It's, just, it's, it's not normal enough for me. It kind of works for me. I don't, you know, I would hate to sit at a desk and <laughs> do a desk job or something definitely. after, you know, Knowing that and it's fun, it's challenging. It can, uh, it's rewarding. It's scary. You know, at times you can scare yourself for sure, but yeah, yeah, the upside definitely outweighs the downside. And, uh, I don't know. It's just, uh, I don't think I do it any different. Yeah, I would completely agree. All right. Here's one. What's the hardest approach you've ever flown or most challenging approach that you fly? Okay. Uh, let me see. Well, there is, uh, a fun one into JFK where you follow the lights. I haven't done yeah. that one. <laughs> we do that. We do that one in a sim quite well. We used to. We haven't done it in a while, but I flew it for real once. It's like an RNAV or something. Yeah, kind of I did the. I think it's a Canarsie VOR, and the right. first time I ever went to JFK in a Pilatus, I had to do that. I had to fly the lights over the city. So I've nice. actually done that before. It is interesting and it's kind of cool. Yeah, yeah. Um, obviously, the mountain airports are always uh, challenging because yeah. you know you're never even actually. We just flew it uh, just yesterday. The RNAV into Santa Monica which Santa Monica is going away. It's kind of sad, you know, it's, uh, they're uh, shortening the runway. So jets can't get in there basically is what they're trying to do. And uh, what is it? They're like, uh, 
somebody is charging them three million dollars to shorten the runway. I was like, give me a paintbrush and three million dollars, I'll go do it. You know, yeah, I know, right? I'll paint a bunch of X's on that bad boy. <laughs> exactly, going on. Yeah, like That's I was totally just fun. in. I was, I was like, man, this is probably the last time I'm going to be in here. You know, but that Arnav is uh, there's a fix called darts on the Arnav to uh, two one. And if we're not configured by darts, you're really behind the airplane and you got to do it. And uh, of course we had some King Air doing maneuvers and we ended up being configured, but getting behind anyway, because the the guy was at our altitude. So we're like, oh man, what's he doing, doing maneuvers on this approach, you know? So we hopped over him and, you know, he was the air. You got to love uh, some people in aviation, right? They just don't understand. Yeah. Yeah. But (laughs) at the end of the day, it's all in good fun. Yeah, you know, yeah, we, we landed successfully. The approach was fine. You know, we were, we were stable by the uh, final approach fix, so no big deal. But All right, here's one for you. What's your favorite airport food to eat? Airport food? Yeah. Mm. Well, I don't know if it exists anymore, but I used to work at the restaurant at Muncie, uh, the Muncie Airport in Muncie, Indiana, and it was pretty good. Okay. I like, yeah, I like a little small town airport food. That's always yeah. good. It used to be called Vince's, and then uh, it, was, it was owned by the guy who drew Garfield, uh, Jim Davis. No way, that's really cool. Yeah, yeah. So I ended up, you know, we ended up getting to meet him because we worked for him, basically. But I don't, I'm pretty sure he got rid of it, and then it turned into something else. And uh, after that, I have no idea. I mean, I haven't been to back to Muncie in probably ten years, so right. I have no idea what's going on with it right now. Yeah, I, yeah, for sure. What's your favorite airline livery? Hmm. Well, you know, I, I like the way uh, Southwest does stuff with their airplanes. They're kind of cool. Yeah. You know, just paint the whale on stuff, you know, Shamu on one of them. And yeah, those are pretty cool. Mm-hmm. I would agree with you there. And then let's see. The last one I have for you is what's your favorite city to overnight in? Oh boy. There's quite a few of those. Um, give me a top three. Okay. Um, in the old days, I really liked Reno, Nevada. It was really cool. We had a really cool Hilton there. It doesn't exist anymore, but the rooms were massive and just we would randomly, just randomly good things would happen, you know, in Reno. You just, uh, not gambling wise, but I'm just like, <laughs> yeah. wow, this is just a cool overnight. Everything cool happens here. Yeah, yeah. Like w- one night I was uh, sitting there, I heard like this band playing and it was, uh, and there's like a fairgrounds right beside it. If you ever go to Reno, it's, I don't remember what it's called. It's got like a driving range. It's over water or something. And uh, it used to be a Hilton. It's not now. And I'm like, oh, this is cool. I wonder who this is. So I opened my, opened my window because you could open windows back in those days. And <laughs> And I'm looking at it, and it's Poison. You know, they're they're playing like the full concert. Like, I'm no great. I'm watching Poison from my hotel room. This is like the coolest thing ever. That's and and cool. uh, and it, it was, the sad part is, I saw them back when I was in high school, and it was they were doing the exact same set. <laughs> I was like, oh my god, <laughs> they like, got to be going second. insane. Yeah, this sounds like, wow, familiar. You're you're playing the exact same Kiss cover song for your uh, your encore. Wow, that's crazy. Yeah, that is but, pretty crazy. Well, cool. So let's talk a little about your Instagram page. It's uh, Pilot okay. Wagner. And uh, what yep. kind of inspired you to do it? Did you just want a place to post your your media or what did you want to do with it? Well, like everything with me, it's a kind of a circular story. I'm, uh, I've been like like a day trader or whatever. The guy that taught me to day trade, his name is Timothy Sykes. And uh, he kind of got me into it. He's got like 800,000 followers or something. And he was a good student of another guy. And, you know, he, he became a friend of mine. We kind of like, okay, that's that's cool. And he would... uh He's like, hey, you should get an Instagram. I had an Instagram account, but I never really paid much attention to it. And so I did. And I was like, well, I'll just post pictures or whatever. And then all of a sudden I started noticing all these aviation pages. Like, wow, that's kind of what I do. So that's kind of neat. And started seeing like everybody else's stories. And like, I kind of do that too, but I kind of do it different. So maybe I'll put my own thing up. And, you know, I'll like, I'll like have something in my head like, hey, what if I take a selfie out of the airplane, you know, and make people think it's real and, you know, <laughs> Photoshop something like that. And then, you know, so combining kind of everything I do, I'm like, this is really fun. So, and you, you, I met a lot of people that way too. I met you that way. So, right. yeah. And it's just, it's kind of a real cool little community. And uh, yeah, 
I'm sure it keeps growing. So. For, yeah, it's just going to keep growing. And I'm sure people are tired of me talking about it, but the aviation Instagram community is incredible. Like it's, it's such a tight knit family. Like you can reach mm-hmm. out to anyone you want and they'll, they'll DM you back. They'll talk to you. It's like yeah. you and I, we've been talking for a while trying to figure this out and right. ask you advice. And I, I'd reach out to you like you're a mentor and I reach out to other people too. And other people yeah. like, it's just so cool how it can connect people. Yep. Yeah. The only, only bad question is the one you don't ask, you know? Yeah, for sure. And there might be times when we're flying and we can't respond. So it doesn't mean we're not sure. there to talk to you. It's just, we've been busy exactly. or retired, but we get back to you whenever we can. Yeah. So, yeah. So you, you posted some cool stuff. I know, um, especially that, uh, you taking the selfie out of your plane, there was a, <laughs> that thing kind of took off. That was awesome. That, that thing went viral. That was yeah. funny. It was, it honestly, it was probably one of the best ones I've seen. So you did a great job. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. That was actually a GoPro footage. It was actually a, a moving video. You know, I stuck myself out the window like that and the, uh, the tide just happened to blow up with the wind like that. And I caught that frame perfectly. And I was like, yep, there's my Photoshop place, you know, and you know, I, I'd gone to Chicago like months earlier and like snapped a shot of Chicago. Oh, look, there's Chicago, you know, and I was like, you know, that'll fit perfectly in the background. <laughs> that is so cool. I, I put the two together and um, it's so funny how many people believe that was real. Yeah. So. I couldn't believe that. I was reading the comments and people were like, this is so unsafe. How's he doing? I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> you really think this guy could do this right now? Like, do you not understand planes at all? <laughs> It's like I'm wearing sunglasses. I'm like holding on to actually it's a little travel tripod I hold. So it looks like there's like three little things. And people got into argument about the three little things, how the selfies took like there was more than one. And I'm just, just laughing at this and going, oh, it's a GoPro on the end of a tripod, you idiots. But, <laughs> oh, yeah, I know, right? It's like don't overthink things, guys. Like it's yeah. as simple as a Photoshop photo. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's not that hard to cut stuff out and put a background to it. Yeah, so. no, it's not. But you did a very like it's very precise and there's not much <laughs> there's not much to give it away that it is Photoshop. So I could see how yeah. someone without any knowledge could kind of oh, like, yeah, hey, yeah, wait yeah, a second, what's that? Yeah. Yeah. I'm sure that, uh, yeah, I mean, I've had friends go, no, actually I had people on Instagram, but Hey, uh, can you redo that selfie? I'm like, well, yeah, just uh, <laughs> give me a little time with Photoshop. It'll be fine. That's really funny. Yeah, I can do anything. Yeah. What do you want me to do? Photoshop. Yeah. Get, the world is yours. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Just tell me yeah. what's in your head and I'll get it out there. That's funny. Yeah. yeah. And then obviously people know you from the videos that you made. What was inspiration behind those videos that you made? Um, actually the, uh, the first video I did was Teeterboro. That was the one that really went big for me. And, uh, that was the random thing with the, uh, with Teeterboro was, um, I had like, you know, I, I'd done music for a long time. So I knew how to do like multi-track recording. And I was like, I wonder if you could do that with video, like where you put like more than one of you in a certain place at the same time. And yeah. sure enough, you could, it was a program called Final Cut Express back then. And it was like a trial offer or whatever. So I had like a green screen and some really bad lights and some clothespins and I hung it up and, you know, I look at it now, it just makes me sick because of how bad the editing was. But, you know, I put it up and no one had done that before. So, and, I mean, like I said, yeah, I try and think of like the comedy of that and the, uh, you know, Teeterboro, like Kokomo, the Beach Boys song that I took that from, where I parodied it. You know, it's all about paradise and where you're going. Teeterboro is like all about like, you know, this is like pilot hell, you know, we got yeah. to go Teeterboro. Not and, paradise uh, at all. No, no. So it's kind of, that's kind of where the, the funniness of it came, I suppose. But I, so I, I just, I didn't think it would do anything really. And uh, I was in Maine at the time when I posted it after I'd edited it for probably six months or something. Cause I really, I really didn't have any, need to get it out quick. And uh, we flew to Teterboro from wherever we were in Maine. And I got there, people were, like looking at me. I'm like, do I smell funny? What, what, what's wrong? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out this thing had like, in like an hour, it had 4,000 hits, which was a big deal back then. And uh, so then I'm like looking, someone's like watching it on their iPad while I'm going by. I'm like, whoa, that's cool. You know? So that thing did what it did and got to know some people from like AOPA and AIN and stuff from that. And that kind of built on stuff. And then, uh, 
the last one I did, it was just kind of a kind of an idea I had. Uh, the chemtrails at night. I, I always wanted to do something with chemtrails just because it was so ridiculous. <laughs> and uh, wait, chemtrails yeah. aren't real? What are you talking about? Well, they're real. They're real. <laughs> so <laughs> trust me. Um, once you get into the big leagues, we'll uh, we'll get you up here and we'll oh, show you man. where the switches. <laughs> soon, soon enough, I'll be able to I'll be able to pull pull the chemtrail button. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's about combat, Learjet, and pilot stuff, and I kind of have a lock on it. But oh, anyway, man. I'll watch you do it then. How about that? Yeah. Okay. Well, we'll let you in. It's cool. No, but uh, <laughs> I had a uh, I had flying with actually the virtual reality, the, the girl in the video, and I'm like you know, you kind of look like the person that like came on TV or something, something said, Hey, there's the, you know, instead of sunglasses, I was like, chemtrails and I, whatever's clicked in my head for that. And I don't know really what the aha moment was with that. So, uh, said, okay, yeah, you can do, do the, uh, the girl's part in this perfectly. <laughs> and, uh, so I like, if you, uh, I should do a post on it where I, I actually took the video and, uh, the actual video of sunglasses at night, Corey Hart did, which was really cool back in the day. If you watch the two together, they're exactly synced. And like all the camera angles are the same and everything. That's and really cool. I, I got that from uh, the movie Airplane, which, you know, if you're in aviation long enough, you pretty much have that memorized. And it was taken from a movie called The Zero Hour. I don't know if you know that or not. Uh-uh. Yeah, there's a movie called The Zero Hour. And it's the exact same movie as Airplane, except for it's serious. Oh, and it was wow. the one that they parodied Airplane off of it. And it, they took like all the camera angles. And if you know the lines in Airplane, you know the lines in Zero Hour or in The Zero Hour. So I was kind of like, what if I do that? So that was kind of my whole inspiration with the chemtrails at night thing. I'm like, I'm going to make this kind of like the airplane to zero hour thing. So that's I awesome. That. That's yeah. really cool. Yeah. No, I, whatever you did, it was great. I, I love that yeah. video. That's so cool. Yeah. I like the beginning with the tinfoil and you're just looking at each other. It's yeah. like, huh? <laughs> the funny part was I was at my parents' house, you know, I was visiting them up, up in Indiana and, uh, you know, in the beginning it says 3 a.m. mom's basement. And I was actually, it was actually about 10 p.m. and it was in my mom's basement. So it was kind of funny. Yeah, you really uh, took that part to, to heart there, didn't you? <laughs> hey, you know, it's the art of it or whatever. So. Yeah, right. That's awesome. All right, Mike, you just released today the video, I Sit Around Part Duh. Talk to me about the process of making this and how many like moving parts there were in this and how many airports you had to go to and all the people involved, because it seems like there was a lot going into making this video. Yeah, yeah, there was a, there was a bunch to it. It's, it's kind of fun because it kind of it kind of came out randomly because the... Uh, you know, I, I didn't know who I was going to fly with or, you know, where I was going to go. So uh, just uh, I would say, hey, this looks like a good place. And I really like going to like little airports and stuff, you know, like out of the way places. You know, I don't want to be at like, you know, JFK or LaGuardia or something. I like being at little tiny airports like Newton, wherever it is, uh, right. <laughs> you yeah, know, I agree. Newton, Kansas or whatever. And just kind of kind of, uh, you know, the kind of airports you learn to fly at and stuff. And, you know, taking video from there. So, hey, this is kind of like where I'm sitting right now, you know, most people are thinking that, you know, some pilots have like this really busy, happy life and say, yeah, we actually sit around a whole bunch doing <laughs> not a whole lot of anything waiting on stuff to happen. And that kind of, uh, I don't know, I, I'm trying to make good use of my time, you know, four or five hours at a time. So I can agree with that, that you said that we as pilots sit a lot because as a freight dog, the whole phrase is hurry up and wait, fly through that thunderstorm and then sit and wait for four hours when there's no thunderstorm exactly. around. So you definitely have to find something to fill that time. And I'd also agree with uh, going to smaller airports is really cool because it's just like going back to where you started to fly. You get to kind of see the hustle and bustle of what it's like and you get to kind of step away from going really fast and just kind of slow it down and see people starting to fly and you can kind of get kind of encouraged from seeing that kind of stuff. Right. Yeah. Like uh, one of the first shots in the video was uh, from a uh, Canadian Texas and it's uh, it was like this whole little building was its own pilot's lounge. It's where the, the girl has her hair back and her, uh, and the, the other pilot, my friend Henrik, who's like six seven, he's he's just a monster. He's <laughs> awesome, and he's laying on the couch, and they're both clapping and stuff. But we're we're like, where do we go? And we went over there. And we're like, oh, we have four hours to see. I was like, we're shooting video right now, 
And they even had like a little building beside the pilot sign just said tornado shelter. It was awesome. It was That's like awesome. perfect Texas, you know? <laughs> yeah, for sure. That is so cool. Yeah, no, I've never been there, but I did notice a couple other FBOs that you're at. Mm-hmm. One was Sugarland. Yeah. That's probably one of my yep. favorite GA FBOs I've ever been to. You got to get a oh, little yeah. code to go and like behind the door. You feel like you're kind of like a celebrity. You get this big movie theater, you get sleep rooms if you want, all the food, drinks you could ever think of. Oh yes, Sugarland's awesome. That's one of my favorites. Also, I mean, I've been to a lot of them. That's uh, that's one of the top ones in the country for sure. Yeah. And then the Atlantic in Charleston, I only recognized it because of uh, the basketball game. And I know that yeah. they are remodeling it now. The basketball game's not there anymore. But when I first saw it, I was like a twelve hundred hour pilot, and I was like, "Oh, this is a cool thing." So I think I actually played for like thirty minutes. So I waited for free. And I probably annoyed <laughs> everyone that was trying yep. to sleep. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. But you got to do it. It's, it's yeah. That was definitely a. I wish I would have kept that game around because I like that FBO, but. Yeah, it's it's nice now how they have this more, uh, well, no basketball game, so it's kind of depressing. But <laughs> I know, right? What the heck, guys? <laughs> yeah, come on, man. It's the little things that count. Putting greens, you know? Putting I greens know. are good things. My uh, my friend Jeff in one of them, uh, at the, kind of towards the very end, he's uh, he, he's a big guy, too. It's, I'm fine with like, all these guys who are like 6'5 and above. It's hilarious. <laughs> so I, it makes me look really short. I'm like, I'm 5'9. I'm, I'm not exactly that short. But yeah. Yeah, he looks in... Uh, he's like he's a golfer i play golf with him quite a bit and he's like oh i wish i had a putter or one of those old putting greens we could find in the uh you know in the fbo and i'm like oh wait a minute you're kind of a giant here's a here's an old uh you know one of those shoe uh shoe polisher things yeah <laughs> and he said oh i got an idea and he went and got an apple and a and a paper cup and <laughs> he, he kind of used it as a as a putter and a ball so that's really funny I thought, thought that was pretty funny so when did you come up with the idea to shoot this video um well, actually, I, I came up with the I, the original one, the I sit around. You, you can kind of find it, but you can't really see it anymore. Just it uh, it had too much stuff in it. That, like no, I don't know, the company I work for didn't like, so they made mm-hmm. me take it down. So I was like, well, okay, I'll just you know, I mean, it's too good of a song to not have a video with, right? So I was like, okay, I'll just do a part duh, you know, because I mean, <laughs> I, I like hot shots, part duh, whatever. Yeah. And I thought that was kind of a funny title, so I said, okay, I'll do it. You know, I'll just do another one. It's I, I don't know if people will react to it with. Uh, you know, oh, we've already heard this song. Who cares? And maybe you'll do nothing, or maybe you'll be like, oh, this is great. I mean, it's just kind of, we'll wait and see. That'll be, you know, a couple weeks yeah. from now, we'll find out. So, well, I think it's awesome. Uh, because like you said, it's been released today and I got to watch it. I thought it was really great. And what a lot of people may not know is that you actually shot everything, you edited it all, and you're actually singing in it too. Yeah, I'm actually, everything is me. I'm playing the music, I'm producing the music, I'm doing the video, I'm producing the video. It's kind of like, I don't know, it's like I do it all. You're a one man <laughs> like, show. I am. I, it's yeah. like, I don't know. It, it might be easier to work with other people, but you know, I got like four or five personalities. So it kind of works out. So. <laughs> <laughs> That's awesome. Yeah. Once one gets tired, the other personality comes in and takes over. Exactly. You know, and I don't have to deal with like, you know, bandmates, which, you know, it's kind of a pain when you're, uh, you know, like in a live band or something, you're always like, somebody's got a personality conflict somewhere. So I'm just, it's just me. So I just have to deal with myself. So yeah, definitely. And one thing that's really cool is that it kind of shows that pilots aren't just one trick ponies, you know, like, Pilots can play drums, pilots can edit movies, pilots can create podcasts, pilots can do so many things and just fly. And I know yeah. a lot of times people just kind of think once they're a pilot, oh, hey, I've made it. And they kind of stop mm-hmm. thinking or they don't think about what's yeah. next anymore. So I think it's kind of yeah. cool and refreshing to see you create something. And hopefully maybe some other pilot watching this will be like, oh, cool, I want to create this. I'm good at singing. Let me try this. Yeah, yeah. No, I mean, that comes back to the things like you're just you're one trip in the bathtub away from losing your medical at all times. You know, I mean, that's kind of a crazy way to look at it. But yeah, I mean, I could walk up my stairs right now, fall, and have something happen, and you know, never fly again. So that's you kind of got to have 
got to have something to fall back on. You do. Yeah. Once you lose that medical, I mean, medical and you might have medical insurance with your airline or wherever you are, but right, it's yeah. like, it's still not going to be the same as the money that you're making from actually flying. Oh, I know that. And I mean, even with the insurance, you're like, you're going to miss flying. <laughs> you better find something else you like too. So. Right. Definitely. And making aviation videos is always a good second oh, yeah. <laughs> second career. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, cool. Well, I, I really appreciate it. Like I said earlier, I just I really appreciate you taking the time to, to create that video because it, it encourages me to continue to create as well. And like yeah. I said, hopefully someone else can be encouraged to create something else. And you never know, you might inspire someone else to, to make a video yeah. about that or make another video get creative themselves. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's a, it should build on itself, you know, just, uh, you know, kind of like a the forest fire or something that you can't stop. Just, <laughs> just keep it going. Definitely. Is there anyone that you want to give thanks to right now, since you have the, have a microphone in your hand and you can give thanks yeah. to them publicly, thank everyone for their help. Yeah. Well, I do have to thank like all the people in the video, the credits in there. Great. But I got to thank my wife. Cause she's kind of like puts up with me. I mean, it's, <laughs> it's kind of like uh, I don't know, like going to the zoo, you know, you see the pretty animal in the cage or something and you can go home, but she has to live with the animal in the cage. So, <laughs> <laughs> Everyone thinks it's great to, to see the animal, but no one actually wants to yeah. live with the animal. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So she lives with the animal. But uh, yeah, we, we have like a running joke. It was our like ninth anniversary uh, not too long ago. And I was like, happy 63rd. You know, people are looking at us. We're just oh, happy 63rd, you know, because, you know, being married to a pilot's like, you know, seven years, like dog years or whatever. Yeah. So. <laughs> she <laughs> puts so up funny. with me. So, you know, she's uh, she's cool. That means my wife and I are coming on our uh, 28th year anniversary. So. Oh, happy Jesus, 28th. Like, yeah. yeah, I appreciate it. It'll be in October. So yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. that's funny. You know, it's, it's true though. Like being married to a pilot is very hard and not everyone can do it. They need to know what it's like and what they're getting themselves into. And sometimes it's hard to really even know what you're getting yourself into because you just have to go with the flow at all times. You never know when you're going to be caught out. You never know when you're going to miss birthday parties, weddings. Mm-hmm. I think last year yeah. alone, my wife went to like 15 weddings by herself. I was only oh, able to go man. to one wedding. So oh, there's a lot of rough. things that you miss, but there's also. Yeah the opportunity for you to be there for a lot of things that most people can't either. So there are trade-offs and sometimes mm-hmm. they're worse than they are good, but you just kind of have to go with the flow and you got to have, you got to find someone that can kind of have their own friends and go out and do their own thing. And yeah. I always count on you to be there. Yeah, absolutely. And it also helps you have someone that kind of travels a lot. I mean, she travels for work also. So it's kind of like she can kind of go, okay, I get how it. She doesn't quite know how it is with, I mean, she'll go somewhere and sit there for six or seven days and, you know, we, we kind of move around. We'll just, you know, we'd we'll be in a new city every night. So it's a little bit different, but at least you can go, Oh yeah, well I get it. You know, we're too tired to talk tonight, you know, stuff like that. It's kind of like, yep, no, it definitely yeah. is. And it, it is sad that I know, I think it's like more than half or maybe like 75% of pilots get divorced and stuff like that. So it's definitely, yeah. it's an issue in the industry and it's an issue in our culture today, but even more so in pilots, it seems like, so it's definitely not yeah, easy. Yeah. Nope. Yeah. You got to work at it for sure. Yeah. So everyone always think their wives and they're always there. They're the backbone to a pilot or any good family. Yep. All right, Mike, thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I really appreciate you coming on, telling your story, telling why you got into aviation, kind of the ups and the downs that you had in your career and why you chose the path that you chose. I think that is going to be great from your audience to hear why you chose to fly and why you did the things that you did. And I'm so excited to see the reaction to the video that you just came out with last night. It is going to be awesome. I'm so thankful for you creating that content and I know that we all appreciate it. Yeah. Thanks, Justin. I appreciate it, man. And uh, thanks for having me on, man. It's uh, really, really cool of you to do that. Oh, of course. Anytime you want to come on, just let us know, but uh, have a great day and happy flying. Thanks, man. You too. And that's a wrap of Pilot the Pilot Rerun. I hope you enjoyed this episode. Like I said, it's cool to, to hear the past Justin interview other people and see how it's still applicable today. So I hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, leave us a review. Check us out on Spotify, Pilot's Coffee, Pilot the Pilot. 
Uh, like I said, lots going on, but uh, yeah, I'm excited to get back and interview and do some more cool things. So send me a message at Pilot the Pilot if you ever have any requests. I hope you're all having a great day. And as always, happy flying.